You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, before the episode starts, Cindy wants you to know about a new six-week online class that she has going. It starts September 14th and runs through October 19th. It's called Compelled to Change. Registration begins August 1st. Go visit cindy-stewart.com to get registered today. You will receive recorded teachings, weekly worksheets, weekly live coaching, bonus interactions with Q&A, prophetic solutions, and much, much more. Plus, every registration comes with a free download of her book, God's Dream for Your Life. Through this class, she wants to help others clarify their vision and develop a plan to live the life they dream about. For more information on how you can get registered starting August 1st, visit cindy-stewart.com or follow the link in the show notes. Thanks so much. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. So this morning, we're going to talk about the prophetic signs for the next 100, ye- 100 days. The next 100 days, I almost said 100 years, didn't I? <laughs> you guys are like, I'm just going to go ahead and have breakfast. <laughs> I'm really not that interested in 100 years from now. But uh, yeah, the Lord has really been talking to me about this. And this is going to be a prophetic message. So just hang on. Uh, last week was also a prophetic message. I just didn't know I was trying to give a prophetic message because I had something else planned. And you know what's funny about the Lord is he loves to interrupt yeah. what we're doing. Okay. And uh, after Sunday, last Sunday, I'll just, I just wanted to talk about this for a minute because I think we all learn as we share with one another. But after last Sunday, I told Chuck, I said, I don't know what that mess was, but that, I think that was a train wreck. <laughs> because what happened was I knew what I was going to preach on, but then that morning the Lord started talking to me about other things. So I wrote them all down. I kind of got them, but I couldn't get them assimilated. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, I want to teach you how to speak out of my spirit, not out of your mind. So my mind was struggling with what the spirit was saying. And it does happen, you know, and so I'm trying to, you know, he's speaking and in my brain, I'm going, it does not compute because <laughs> I can't get my mind to, to come into alignment with it. So it was really an interesting morning. So this week, Chuck said to me last night before we went to bed, so what are you preaching on? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I had the phrase, the next hundred days. I already had that. Uh, so this morning when I woke up, he was like, you ready? And I'm like, <laughs> I think so. I'm not sure, but I think so. But uh, so he wants us to really prepare ourselves for the signs, to recognize the signs that are coming the next hundred days. And he gave me a word Uh, at the end of July, which I shared last week, and I'm going to share it again. It's not a long word, but this will help set it up. So last 
at the end of July, July 31st, the Lord gave me a word and he said that July 31st will close the door on confusion, chaos, and the enemy's oppression. August will bring clarity. We will be able to see. And in, in, in this word, he gave me a vision of a field of sunflowers. And the sunflowers were in full bloom and standing tall above all the other plants. And, you know, in a garden, the sunflowers you're going to see above everything else. And he said, um, the clarity of the Lord is being released upon us. And uh, I looked it up and I shared this last week that sunflowers grow between six and ten feet. So they are high above everything else and that they mature between 70 and 100 days. So at their, they're at their full bloom. The other thing I didn't realize, I looked this up later, was that after 100 days, the sunflower seeds are ready for the harvest. So we're going to talk about the prophetic implications of this word, of the sunflower, as well as a couple other things. Uh, of course, rising above, the Lord gave me a word the first of the year called um, soaring. It's time to soar. And that we are to rise above uh, all the noise in order to be able to see what he's doing. And, you know, Isaiah 40, 31 says that, that those who are weary, in fact, I got it right here. Let me just read it exactly. It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. We will be able to soar. Yeah. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We're, we're in the period now of that prophetic word being uh, fulfilled. Because we have been in a, in a weary time. And God is raising us up so we will not be weary. Um, so I want us to really understand that it doesn't matter what we see in front of us. What matters is what God sees for us. So we understand that there is a natural vision that we have, and God gave us the vision to see naturally, right? He gave us eyes to see. But what we also understand, we also have a, a spiritual vision where we're able to see as the Lord sees. He has given us that ability. So remember that we can see as the Lord sees. <sighs> Whew, I'm super excited. Those testimonies were so powerful. I was like, whoo, God, there's such a strong anointing for what you're doing in this season. So we're able to soar above the fray is what God is really saying to us. So that's the first part of it that, you know, we're 10 feet, we're way above, we're able to soar, we're a, we've got this uh, eagle's ability, you know, eagles high in the sky, they can see from see far down, great perspectives. So that's the first part of it. The other part of the prophetic word that he gave me was talking about the next 100 days. So from August 1st, 100 days is November 8th. November 8th is the Sunday after the elections, um, which is, you know, it's, this is pivotal for us. And, and all of us who are part of the gathering, we've been part of this a nationwide firewall. We've been praying. There's a 24-hour prayer for our nation, for what is happening. Uh, it's been pivotal for us. We will pray through the elections to make sure that God's plan is the only plan that is fulfilled. Right. There's no other plan but God's plan. Right. 
And I just read a statistic the other day that 40% of Christians are not registered to vote. So part of our prayer is, is that we're declaring that their eyes will be opened and their spirits will be stirred to answer the call of God to vote. In fact, we got a package in the mail and I'm sure they sent them out to everyone. It was part of the political campaign. We got voters registration in the mail so that we got one yesterday just in case we weren't registered to vote. So we need that needs to be part of our declaration that the people of God will rise up and take the responsibility that he's given them because uh, this election is God's election. We are declaring God's purposes, what he desires for this nation during this election time. So the period of time is August 1st to November 8th. And numbers are very important to God. There's even a whole book in the Bible called Numbers. I mean, numbers are important. I've had people tell me, uh, in fact, I had written an article a while back, I think it was last year, and I had somebody tell me I was like one of those crazy cuckoo people because I believed in God, in numbers, that ha- that numbers had to do with God. And I'm like, have you read the Bible? Yeah, right. There is a chapter called Numbers. So I just want to clarify, numbers are important to God. Every Hebraic letter has an equal number to it. Right has a number attached to it. So this is important. So uh, the number 100 is 10 tens. And the number 10 is for divine order. So in the next 100 days, we're looking for divine order to come into alignment. It's also um, a completed cycle, which we've talked about, the, where we ended that, this cycle on Jan, uh, July 31st of chaos, confusion, and oppression. Um, the number 10 also represents a complete congregation, body, or kingdom. So, so what I really sense is that we are coming into alignment and unity. You know, whenever there's, a pres- whenever there's an attack against your family, whether you get along with the family or not, we all line up together because no one's going to pick on our family, right? And that's what's happening. You know, the family's being picked on. And so we're all standing up. Even in our little theological disagreements, our little uh, doctrine battles, we're like, we can forget all that today because the family's going to stand up together. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the body unite. And you may say, well, I don't see that. Or, or this one's coming against this one. Well, you know what? That is in the natural, in the spiritual realm the body is united. The body is united. We may not agree on everything, but when someone starts picking on our family, we, we all stand together for that. So that we're going to see even more of that over the next hundred years. I mean, hundred days. I don't know what. Apparently, maybe God may give me something for the next hundred years. So y'all just hang on here. I'm trying not to. F- so we're going to go to Leviticus 26 for a minute, and then uh, we're going to go another place. But I, I, I want to, you know, put a little scripture to this. I want us to think about it, pray into it together. Whenever you receive a prophetic word, you know that um, we are to measure and weigh a prophetic word. We're to pray into it. We're to see how God is going to unfold it. Um, 
So I, I want to encourage you guys to do that, but it's Leviticus 26, 7 and 8. And this is part of this 100 days that we're in. It says, you will chase your enemies and they will fall by the sword before you. Yes, amen. So make that your declaration. Lord, your word says that I will chase my enemies and they will fall at the sword before me. So that's part set, verse 7 and the verse 8 says, I will give uh, wait a minute. Uh, five of you will chase a hundred. Now listen to this. And a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight. Yeah. Whew. Now that's a good word, right? Yes. Your enemies shall fall by the, oh yeah, by the sword before you. It's the same thing, double. Oh God, when God repeats stuff, it means it's really important. So five of you will chase a hundred. A hundred of you sh will put 10,000 to flight. Your enemies will fall by the sword before you. That needs to be part of our declaration because we are in war, but we will win. Amen. That, that's, our, that's our slogan for the, for the season. We will win. It's not a question of where we'll lose or win. We will win. Um, so I want to keep that hundred in mind because God is raising up this um, supernatural ability to battle against an abundance of enemy. Right. When there's a hundred of you and a hundred of you are going to put 10,000 to death. Those are good odds. Right. Those are good odds, aren't they? Right. Okay. So now we're going to move over to judges for a minute. And I want to break this down. We read through judges a little bit a couple of weeks ago, but uh, God sent me back here. So we understand that Gideon is the least. He's the smallest of the clan. God's called him a mighty warrior. He's going to raise him up to defeat the Mennonites, the Amicalites that have come against Israel. So that's where we are. He has gathered up 32,000. Gideon has gathered up 32,000 warriors to join him in this battle. And God said, that is too many. That is too many. I don't need that many people to fight on my behalf. So he goes through this process. He says, um, if there's anybody afraid, then you can leave. So uh, I think 22,000 left there and there were 10,000 remaining. Let's see if I can find where I am. We're going we're gonna to go to chapter 12. I mean, uh, chapter 7, verse 12. And that's where we're going to start. So he whittles it down to 300 people that are going to fight with him, 300 men that are going to fight with him. Now, I want to tell you how many people they're going to fight against. Verse 12 says that they are fighting. Now, the Midianites and the Amicalites, all the people of the east were lying in the valley as numerous as the locusts. That's a lot. That's a lot. We got 300 people. And their camels were without number as the sands by the seashore in multitude. If you fast forward, I think it's in chapter 9, it says that there were 135,000 men they were battling against. So that means for every one man fighting with Gideon, they were responsible for killing 450 of the others. So it's one for 450. So they, I mean, if you do the math on it, so there's 135,000 enemy and there's 300 warriors that are on God's side. 
that seems like insurmountable odds except God. I just love God. He's so much fun. And what he's telling us is don't worry about what it looks like out there because there's more than enough of us. There's more than enough. Okay, verse 13 says, And when Gideon had come, and uh, when Gideon come, a man telling a dream to his, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I had a dream to my surprise. And this is the enemy's camp that's telling the dream. He said, I had a dream to my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered, said, there is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand, God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. So Gideon hears this dream, right? So he knows from that dream from the enemy's two guys that they are to take and win the battle. Now, that's a good dream interpretation. That is a good dream interpretation. So it's, then he says, uh, then, uh, so it was, this is verse 15, when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshiped. He stopped everything and worshiped. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hands. So he has this dream. I mean, he has this interpretation of the dream. He understands the dream means he's going to win because the guy says, you know, it's the sword of Gideon. But this is interesting. He goes back to his guys and says, we're going to take Midians. We're going to take the Midianites. So he divides the 300 into three companies, into groups of 100. And he puts a trumpet in every man's hand with an empty pitcher and the torches inside the pitcher. Now, that was not a part of the dream. Where does he get a strategy like that? Only God gives a strategy like that. Because if you've got 300 men and you're going to go up against 135,000 people, that's probably not your strategy. Your strategy is like, God, send your angels. God, do something. Please help me here. I mean, just think about this. Listen to this strategy, which is so interesting because it is a strategic time for the people of God. We have the strategy of God. And no matter how unusual, how absurd, this is absurd. Let's take our torches and put them in a jar. That'll get them. You know, that is absurd. But God has taken us through this walk of faith and trust in who he is. And it's our obedience that activates the victory over what the enemy has planned against us. It is the obedience who crushes the head of the enemy because our obedience aligns us with who God is and what he has planned for us. It's the obedience Then he divided the 300 men into three companies and he put a trumpet into every man's hand with an empty pitcher and the torches inside the pitcher. And then he said to them, look at me and do likewise. 
Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you shall also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch and they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hand, hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. Then they held the torches in the left hand and the torch and the trumpets in the right hands for blowing, and they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place around the camp, and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. When the 300 blew their trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. Okay, so we understand that it was... What is his name? Gideon's obedience. He took the word of the Lord that he was going to beat Midian. He lined up his men with the strategic plan from God. They all followed him. It's not like there were 300 men and 20 of them said, yeah, we're not going to do that. This is key in this next 100 days. When God set a leader before you and given that strategy and that plan and that activation to defeat the enemy, right. you cannot rebel against the leader. You can't rebel against the leader. You have to follow who God's put in front of you. And we all have people that we, you know, leadership that we follow. So that is critical to it. And the other part of it is when they followed the strategy of the Lord to a T, There was supernatural intervention. God set the hand of the enemy against each other. So they killed each other. And then Gideon then went after him. So this is very critical in these next days in seeing the strategy of the Lord is hearing what he's saying, following his strategy to the To the nth degree, every minute, every dot, every tittle has to be followed in order for us to activate the supernatural engagement of God into this strategy that he's given us so we may defeat the enemy that's come against us. You know, it's like a domino effect. Gideon from the beginning, and you can read the beginning of his story in chapter 6, but from the beginning... He followed what God told him to do. And even when you go back and see that he and his guys tore down the uh, idols of Baal, the altars of Baal, what happened was the anointing of leadership was on Gideon so that even his father, who helped erect those idols, saw the anointing and stood up for him. So when you see that anointing, when you see the move of God, we have to come up under the anointing in order to move forward in the strategy that God has for us in the season. It's such a serious time, such a serious time, because we're going to see a small number of people 
bring a great victorious battle for the kingdom. Even as we were praying for California, we're going to see a small number of people break the yoke off the churches in California, off the people, because they're willing to rise up whether they have courage or not. That's not really the question. It's whether they have obedience or not. Because we all do things that we're afraid of doing. We all respond to God, even though we have our knees knocking, going, okay, God, whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do, kind of. But I'm really nervous. I'm really scared. I need a little prayer around me. So it's not about courage. It's about obedience. And it is the obedience that's going to activate the rest of the plan. Because without obedience, if Gideon had not left the enemy's camp, if he had not come down and repeated what he heard, then the next step would not have happened. He wouldn't have known what the next step would have been. So it's, you know, God calls us to take these small steps one at a time. Because our small steps of obedience activates, opens up, brings clarity to the next step we're supposed to take. It also brings that strategy in for us. Now that should encourage us because we don't need to know what November 8th is going to look like. We just need to know what noon today is going to look like, what three o'clock today is going to look like, what 6 p.m. is going to look like. You know, I, I was talking to somebody, I was doing an interview the other day and I told him we were talking about some different things. And I said, you know, God doesn't sleep so we can. You know, it says he never sleeps so we can. He guards us at night. He fills our hearts, our mind. You know, he hides things in us that he can activate later from us. So there's so much going on. And it's just that one small step that he's calling us to do. Okay, we're going to leave this subject for a minute. Um, The next, uh, and I just want to mention this, and I'm not going to preach on this, but I may do this later on. But uh, once the 100 days are over, it's going to be 11-8. And you just mentioned that 8 is new beginnings. I believe that that will be uh, like a um, lighting the match. I can see it. It's a lighting the match on, um, what do you call the end of a... Like if you're trying to, you're going to blow something, up, a, a fuse, yes. That you're lighting a match on a fuse that will ignite the harvest that we've been promised. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like the harvest uh, has been uh, slowed, but it has not been stopped. Right. God's movement will never be stopped. So just understand that. So I think that's what we'll see starting in November. Um, But the next thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about, uh, I'm going to talk about Isaiah 8.18, and we're not going to read a lot of Isaiah, but I want to talk about this a little bit because there are prophetic declarations that are being released over the children that are being born right now. And their names are carrying the activation for the season. And that may sound weird, but let me just just hang on here with me. Isaiah 8.18 says, and Isaiah is, is speaking this. He says, here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are signs and wonders 
in Israel for the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. Isaiah had two children. He may have had more, but there were two mentioned in scripture. One of them, his name meant we are the remnant. And the other one, his name meant plunder. And their names were given to them as a sign and a wonder to what God was going to do in Israel. But if you read the story, if you read through Isaiah, they're mentioned in, uh, I think, Isaiah 7 and 8. But if you read through it, they didn't have to grow up for their names to be activated. The names that they were, they didn't have to wait till they were grown for their, for their anointings to be released. Isaiah named his sons that as the prophetic action for this season. And I'm going to try to pull this together. So what the Lord was talking to me about were the names that are being given. The children that are born are activated in this season that they're born. And I'm going to give you a couple of names. So I looked up the top 20 names and being given given to babies because I'm like, I don't know what anybody's name is. Other than my little grandbaby, that's all I know. But um, so here, uh, here's just a couple of the top names. Oliver. Oliver means kind and affectionate, the bringer of peace. So what I'm saying here is in this season, there is kindness, there's affection, and there is a bringing of peace into this season. Olivia means peace and walks with God. So there is a shift of peace being released from the Lord and, and a walking with God. You know, Enoch walked with God right. in the coolness. You know, so, so just think about that. Think about our walks with the Lord and how there's going to be an increase of intimacy and knowing of who he is. Um, another name is Charlotte, which means joy to the Lord. So in this season, there's a joy to the Lord that is being released. Um, it does sound funny, doesn't it? But because you think of these little babies, you know, they don't know. But God is using their names and the meaning of their names as a sign for us right now. That, that that's what we're looking for right now. We're looking for the joy to the Lord. We're looking for the peace. We're looking for the bringers of the peace. We're looking to become those bringers of the peace. We're looking to walk with God in these deep ways. Uh, Ethan is, these are in the top five, I think. Yeah, top five. Ethan means steadfast in truth. We're being raised up as people that are steadfast in truth. His name means firmness. So if you think about this, I mean, just looking at the things that are happening in this season is an indicator to what God is doing. One of the other top's names is uh, Gabriel, devoted to God, brave. Uh, Caleb, 
which means faithful. Ava, which means filled with life, filled with praise. Elijah. So when we think about, we have to look at all that's going on to be able to interpret the signs that are happening in this season. And I would have never thought of looking at the baby's names until I was reading, I've been reading Isaiah. And when I ran across the names of his sons and that they were a sign for the current day and beyond, God said, see, look up names that I want to show you what I'm releasing in this season. So we have to look at a lot of different things going on in order to understand. And God will show you what to look at. The other thing the Lord has been showing to, showing me is it's a season for innovators. It's a season for innovators to look beyond what we're natural, uh, comfortably at, you know, naturally comfortable, all those different things and start looking at God, what are the possibilities out of my comfort zone? And, you know, that's a question that will make your knees knock. Because if you start asking God to take you out of your comfort zone and look for possibilities, oh, he will. You know, there's never a no on that answer. <laughs> if, he, if you're saying, stretch me, God, he's like, oh. I've just been waiting for the invitation. But these innovations and these, these different ways of doing things. And when you think about what's happened over these last, since March, we've seen, uh, you know, this innovative spirit come alive in people. Like uh, we couldn't get enough hand sanitizers. So what happened? The distilleries that make alcohol started making hand sanitizers. You know, that was innovative for them. Because they had to readjust, they had to reformulate, that type of thing. They had to test it. They had to go outside their comfort zone. They had to adjust when the formula wasn't quite right. You know, there were a couple of recalls to get them reset. Uh, you know, I know that my, um, the place down the street that does uh, alterations began making cloth masks to, to help you know, adjust to what was going on. So when you think about innovations, you know, sometimes challenge can either push you into depression or it can push you into breakthrough. It pushes you beyond what you thought you were able to do. Because you're like, Lord, this is, this is where I am and this is my capacity. So help me break out so I can do what I need to do and get a breakthrough for that. I was reading um, something the other day. I've been reading three books. I read a little bit in them every day. Um, but I was reading something the other day, and they were talking about, um, you know, they were talking about people who had breakthroughs that nobody wanted, but ended up being the greatest thing ever. And they were talking about uh, the iPod. I don't know if y'all remember that. That doesn't even hardly exist anymore that, you know. But originally, the guy who invented it, you know, nobody wanted it. And then Steve Jobs came, you know, encountered him and he became a part of it. And he said, that's a great idea. The other thing they were talking about was the mouse pad. And it was actually, in, you know, the little mouse, it was invented, I think, by Xerox. I'd have to go back and look again. But Xerox... That was not their business, was a mouse. They were just trying to make their machines functional. 
But again, the computer geeks, the, the Microsofts and the Apples came in and they were like, that's the greatest invention ever. And then partnered with them and then made it like the natural part of a machine. So you think about things that seem to be like, that can't, that's just so stupid. Who would want that? But it becomes the breakthrough. You know, it becomes the thing that breaks through and brings us to that next level of growth and expansion and, and ability to be able to do things. So I want to encourage you guys to start coming after the Lord and saying, Lord, just show me what's happening in the natural that you're speaking into for the next hundred days, whether it makes sense or not. It took me a little bit to adjust this whole kid's name thing, but it's important to know what God is releasing in the yeah. season. Yeah. It's important to know. Um, so um, there was one other thing that just popped into my brain. Um, yeah, that's okay. I can't remember what it was. But um, yeah, so I want to encourage you guys to ask God to push you beyond. To make you an innovator for the things that he has for you. To get you out of your normal and set aside some time to think. And to read and say, God, you know, maybe these are things that are coming into my head. Let me just write them down and we'll flush them out together and see what they're going to look like. Because there's so much more for us. There's so much more for us. And I think Bruce said that when he was leading worship, you know, there's the more of God that he has for each one of us. Amen. Okay. Well, if you guys will stand, we'll pray. And uh, I just think... uh, I think we barely scratched the surface. I really do see a domino effect. A momentum has begun. And even just hearing the testimonies today, Lord, what we see, what we hear, what we are uh, encountering by your spirit is there is a, um, you know, just like a avalanche of breakthrough for us. There's an avalanche of financial breakthrough. There's an avalanche of of receiving what we should have gotten that was held back from us. There's an avalanche of healing being released, Lord. And God, we just want to agree with this miracle season that we're in, that even as Gideon um, had no way to take 300 men to defeat 135,000 men, he had obedience. He did what you told him to do, even though it made no sense at all. Get them to lap up the water. Come on. The one that made sense is if they're afraid, they can leave. That makes sense. The water lapping, Lord, it just doesn't make sense. But what happens is you guide us from the, okay, I can put my brain around that to, I got nothing for that, but God, I'll just do it. At your word. I will do it. So God, I just thank you that there is a stirring up of obedience. There, we have walked through things that make sense, and you're about to take us through some things that make no sense at all. But we will be obedient. And that obedience will bring breakthrough in the kingdom. It will bring a partnership, an activation of your supernatural on our behalf. Lord, what is happening in California? What is happening in New York? What is happening in Nevada? That's nothing to you. And as a body, we unite together and we take that step of obedience with you and we activate your supernatural on our behalf. And 
I'm just asking you, Lord, I just, uh, that scripture out of Acts 9, 17 that we read the other day, that our eyes are open and our spirits are filled with a fresh anointing to be able to see, to be able to hear, to be able to have the knowing, the perception, to be able to see in that eagle span the way you see from up above and not below, and to be able to take that slight nugget that you deposit into us and just say yes to it and run with it so we can see even more of what you're going to do. So, Lord, we just put the enemy on notice that he's been discovered in his plans. We put him on notice that uh, the body is strong and united. We put him on notice that all of heaven is working on our behalf and that the supernatural power not only works in us, but it works for us. And that there is a dynamic shift that began on August 1st. And we will see this amazing victory in the midst of battles until we have our celebration on August 8th, on November 8th, because you have completed the plan for this season in order to activate the harvest, Lord. And we just thank you, Jesus, that every one of us are a part of that plan. Woo, we're excited about that. Nervously excited, Jesus. Amen and amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.